there's a lot of people, they're all waiting for some day, you know, called someday-itis, waiting for the 401k to kick in, retirement to kick in. So they're sacrificing their happiness for a majority of their life to enjoy later. And my whole thing is, you know, that, that day may never come. What sort of a life is that? You know, they, yeah. they, you know you've, heard of, you've heard of the guy or the girl who have retired, who have maybe exited their business, maybe sold off their business and retired and had one or two, three, maybe ten at best good years and then gone. So they've sacrificed a good portion of their life to just have a handful of years. That is so sad to me. Welcome visionaries, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, leaders, and growth seekers of all types to the Passion Struck Podcast. Hi, I'm John Miles, a peak performance coach, multi-industry CEO, Navy veteran, and entrepreneur on a mission to make passion go viral for millions worldwide. And each week I do so by sharing with you an inspirational message in interviewing high achievers from all walks of life to unlock their secrets and lessons to becoming passion struck. The purpose of our show is to serve you, the listener, by giving you tips, tasks, and activities you can use to achieve peak performance and pursue the passion-driven life you have always wanted to have. Now, let's become passion struck. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Passion Struck Podcast. And thank you for helping us become one of the top 1.5% most watched and listened to podcasts in the world. I am so excited that we are providing value week in and week out for you. And for those who are here for the first time, thank you for joining us. Our purpose is to help serve you. As our message said at the beginning of this podcast, we want to give you all those lessons, advice, and tools so that you can unleash passion in your own life. I'm going to start today's episode off with two quotes. The first is from Annette White, who is the author of Bucket List Adventures. And she says, stop daydreaming about your bucket list and start living it. And the second quote is from Sir Richard Branson, who said, coming up with the bucket list is the easy part, but ticking off the list is the challenge. I love a good challenge which is why I strongly advise everyone to come up with a bucket list. It doesn't have to contain out-of-this-world tasks, but once you have written down the list, screw it, just do it. And these are both great setups for our guest today, Brad Bell, all the way here from Australia, otherwise known as the Bucket List Guy. And I had such a great time talking to Trav, and we discussed so many things from his early journey as a fitness trainer what he was able to accomplish, and then how he altered his life, and how that initial drive subsided over time as he got more and more worn down by that job. And then he started this next chapter of his life. We're going to talk about what that next chapter has turned into, how his life has changed, and his lessons to you about creating a bucket list and what that can do to create passion in your own life. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about Trav Bell. He has been helping people create and realize their innermost adventures for over 20 years. Armed with the dream that everyone should live a regret-free life, Travis is passionate about helping people create 
and live their bucket list before it's too late. He says a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our business plan or career plan should fit in with our life plan and not the other way around. No one practices more than what they preach than Trav. His crazy globetrotting adventures are contagious, hilarious, and always fresh. He is the author of the best-selling book, My Bucket List Blueprint, which I'll put in the show notes. And before Trav became the bucket list guy, he founded and franchised a chain of personal training studios across Australia. Starting with just one client, he and his team went on to do over 2 million personal training sessions and motivated tens of thousands of clients. And that background is why Trav is now regarded as one of the most in-demand motivational speakers in the world. And I'm so happy to have him on the podcast where he can share his wisdom and this whole idea and unpacking this concept of living your bucket list life to its fullest. There's so many parallels to his vision and what we're doing here on Passion Struck. And now let's get on with today's show. I am so excited to welcome Trav Bell, the bucket list guy, to the Passion Struck podcast all the way from Australia. Thank you so much for joining us, Trav. Hey, John, stoked to be on, man. Yeah, really uh, can't wait to get get into it. Well, and I know here we're just getting into the summer, and for you all, it must be kind of frigid there, given what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've normally got the mohawk under here, but I, I, uh, I'm in the southern part of Australia, just an hour and a half out of Melbourne, which is the, the, the state capital of Victoria, which is the southern part of Australia. So it's not always just just nice, you know, blue waters and sandy beaches and everything that you Americans get sold about Australia. I'm not in the outback. I'm in the cold bit <laughs> right now. Anyway, we're about to go into winter. We don't snow, so it's just sort of ugly kind of Scottish weather for a good part of the year. Um, but then when it gets summer, it uh, certainly heats up and the beanie comes off. Well, when you first came on today, I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm interviewing The Edge. <laughs> and I was expecting <laughs> yeah. Billy. And I was expecting Billy Idol. So, <laughs> yeah, look, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Nice reference. Um, I'll take that. No, I, I, I can't play a musical instrument to save myself. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Maybe I should put well, that on my bucket list. Well, you know, talking about bucket lists, one of my bucket list items was my son is a very accomplished uh, percussionist. And oh, wow. you know, his his drum kit was just sitting around and I'm like, I need to learn how to play percussion again. I, you know, I, yep. I tried it out when I was a kid played a little bit then, but uh, managed to do it about four or five years ago. And boy, what a difference it's made because anytime I am just feeling so much stress, I just go to the drum kit and in 10, 15 minutes, all the stress is gone. So yeah, well, there you go. Like it's, it is, um, I've got, I've got a kind of a similar story. I published the My Bucket List Blueprint two weeks before Christmas and it was like 10 years in the making. So if you're watching watching this or listening to this, I'm just holding up the book here, and uh, it's only this thick, John. So that's pretty pathetic, isn't it? It took me 10 years to write a book this thick. But the point is I really wanted to reward myself, long story short, as a, I've just turned 48 and I've just bought myself a DJ deck, you know, like with, with a four-channel mixer. So I, uh, I like, you know, electronic music. Um, some days, some days I like heavy metals. Some days I like... Nice, sweet opera. Just depends on the mood, right? 
but I bought myself DJ decks and when I get into mixing music and stuff and sampling and loops and all that sort of, I just lose myself, you know, and I've never had that before in my life, you know, that because I can't play a musical instrument. So this is the best, the next best thing for me. Well, well that's great. Well, since you're approaching 50 and I, and I just turned 50, I happened to interview a guest actually earlier this morning. She's a former polar explorer. She's, uh, she lives in England, southwest side of uh, the aisle and pretty much polar anyway (laughs) podswalds and she was telling me she just did something called 50 at 50 and it's something i thought you would love because she has developed 50 challenges some of them that she knows she's going to enjoy like skydiving but others things that she's forcing herself to do because they're going to be really hard on her uh, but I thought, yeah. what an inspirational way to to launch your 50th birthday. So I thought that was a great yeah. beginning of my day. And to talk to you and hear about your journey to becoming the bucket list guy um, is a great ending of the day. You should be super inspired by the end of today, John. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners who are out there um, who don't know my background, I got to spend a lot of time in Australia for a period of about two years. Part of the time that I was working for a company that you might know named Lendlease. And at that time we owned uh, the MLC bank. You know, I think it's now owned by NAB, National Australia Bank. But uh, Australia was one of the most incredible places I've ever lived. And especially uh, living in the Sydney area because it, Sydney reminded me kind of a combination of San Francisco and San Diego put into one. Yeah, and I add San Diego because you could hit the mountains in San Diego, kind of like you can hit the blues in yeah. in Sydney. But one of the things that I really loved about living there was just the ethic of the people, and it was kind of a work hard, play harder type of environment. And I I have really missed that the rest of my professional career because. I don't know if mm. anyone does it as well as the Aussies. So I'd <laughs> we, throw it in there. We, um, we do like to play, play pretty hard, that's for sure. We like to think that there's a little rivalry between Sydney and Melbourne. You know, I, I, I lived in Melbourne. Um, I'm on the coast now, but about an hour and a half out of Melbourne. But essentially, I'm a Victorian and, uh, you know, we're Melbourne, Melbournians are pretty proud. You know, there's a Sydney-Melbourne kind of rivalry that we're the arts, we're, we're, the, we're the cultural capital of of australia that's what we like to say and plus we've been voted seven times the world's most livable city in melbourne too whereas sydney i think a little bit more showy a little bit more <laughs> superficial that's what we like to say anyway but it's it's beautiful up there well one of the interesting things i found and i think you have you and i have this in common is you know i work out almost every day of the week and it's you know when you think about uh, using a prioritization for me, it's one of the first things I always put on my daily prioritization because it helps me so much with anxiety, other things, right. clarity of mind. Uh, but one of the strange things I found when I was in Sydney, it was so hard to actually find good gyms. And I know for the first oh. bit of your life, I kind of wanted to introduce that you were a very successful gym owner. Um, and in fact, your team, I read, taught over 2 million d- different classes. So I was hoping you could talk about that period of your life before we get into this next phase. Yeah, man. Look, I um, <clears throat> I grew up here surfing, surf life saving, swimming, and I was kind of like a pretty much as you say in America a jock. So that led me to be an athlete, be uh, 
good at sport and led me to do a physical education degree. So I did a, an undergrad in human movement, um, became an exercise physiologist essentially. And in my third year uni, this is pre-internet. And we, we understand, remember back in the dark ages, pre-internet, pre-social media, pre-crack book, pre, you know, Instacrack. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> There was a guy by the name of Tony Hewitt who came in and he was, this is in in the early 90s, and he was doing this thing called personal training. And at that stage, there there was no industry of personal training. There was the gym industry. We're kind of coming out of the 80s with the leotards and the short shorts and the whole bit. And he was doing this thing called personal training, which was, you know, quite foreign to, to the whole industry, let alone the general public. And he was getting paid you know, quite handsomely to, to, to train celebrities and, and train uh, wealthy people. And his dollar per hour rate certainly crushed what I would get if I worked at a gym. And I just became obsessed, not with the money, but just with the freedom that, that he certainly had with this thing called personal training. So I, I became, you know, kind of his intern without you know, a label, and he just said, you know, subscribe to this magazine, go to this conference, uh, you know, uh, read this book, et cetera, et cetera. So I just did everything he said. It was my first mentor, really. And by the end of of third-year university, it was a three-year degree, I had my first handful of clients and I was making some pretty good money to the point where I'm like, well, do I be a kid's high school, you know, PE teacher or, or, you know, do a government kind of job or, or go into personal training. So personal training won. And so I grew it from one client and I my record was 63 one-hour mobile personal training sessions in a week. And that was, you know, in, in Melbourne. So I moved to Melbourne and, and grew that business. And, and just by referral only, it just grew and grew and grew. So I became maxed out pretty quickly. And I got a heap of referrals, didn't have to advertise that much. And then from there, I, I was one of the first in Melbourne to get a personal training studio. I had 13 personal trainers working within that studio. And the entrepreneur story, I stuffed up a few things before I realized I was a great personal trainer, but pretty shitty business person. Got a business coach. He said to me, when I was sleeping in my personal training studio to save money, <laughs> uh, he said, "What do you What do you want to do?" And I said, oh, "You know, what are your goals around this whole business?" And I said, "I'd love to be the first to franchise personal fitness training studios in Australia." So I just sacrificed. I worked hard. We systemized everything, and a year later, we sold our first franchise. Ended up franchising that that concept around Australia to be the biggest personal training company. Have you know probably under over three hundred personal trainers under that umbrella. Uh, servicing clients and uh, did yeah, close to two million personal training or over two million personal training sessions, tens of thousands of clients, and uh, did that for about twenty years in the personal training industry. But then it was a, a bit of a breakdown before breakthrough moment, which uh, I'm sure that you'll <laughs> you'll delve into. Well, in- interestingly enough, um, I have used my fair share of physical trainers, and I find like anything that there's really good ones and ones that don't, uh, you know, work for me as well. Um, yeah. And I happen to have uh, one on the show, although she hates being called it because, you know, she says that's such a small part of what she does, yeah. but she had this formula that she came up with 
or branding, you could say, called the other 23 hours, because she said most people go to the gym for an hour, but they don't think about all the other things around it that could make their performance in the gym or their performance in life better. And that's what she calls the other 23 hours. But I think there's something there that really separates some trainers that I've seen from others. And that's that they don't just treat it about your time in the gym. They kind of look at you holistically and what's Mm. going on and, and, you know, how can Mm. your wellness improve? How can you get better performance out of other areas of your life? And those are the ones that I was always drawn to. That's where I fell in love with coaching. You know, one of my highest values, uh, I reckon my my highest value is, you know, of course you've got family, you've got uh, my health, but helping others is one of my highest values. I actually don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm on purpose and I don't feel like I've got meaning in my life if I'm not coaching someone, you know, I'm not I'm not helping someone else um, with their potential, you know, or at least experience more of their own potential. And that's what really lights me up. And it has ever since I I got my first personal training client. And then you get more of that positive reinforcement as you coach, train, personal train, help more people. And that's just a, it's a tidal wave of uh, positive feedback that you're getting, not from an ego point of view, it just makes you, you know, makes you feel really good. And that's my way of being of service to people, you know. So the cool thing about being a speaker now, I, I get to stand on stages around the world and, and really effectively personally train or coach one to many from the stage and just help more people in, in the least amount of time. So... It was uh, always continue to do it. I think I'm an educator by trade. You know, I can't help myself. Yeah. And so that that's just what what's led me down this coaching, training, speaking kind of path, which has been which has been good. And, and I'm I'm stoked that I identified that early on. And I want to now get to this pivot point for you. You were like so many people that I coach or that have reached out to me since I've started the Passion Strike podcast. And there are people who find their passion early in life. Their passion could be like, like you had being a physical trainer. And then after a while, something Mm. happens and it shifts. Mm. And I think more and more people are having to reinvent themselves. You know, I've had to do it numerous times during my career for different reasons, but you know, what was that inflection point for you? I mean, what happened to get you out of, you know, leading this successful franchise company and, and to where you are today? Yeah, well, the pivot point, it's a, and it's a good thing to de- delve into because I think for people maybe listening, watching Passion Struck podcast here and, 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 and you know, wanting to find, you know, that, that word passion gets thrown around a lot. And I think, you know, there's a million coaches out there that love to sell, let's monetize your passion, you know, that idea. But you only realise... I think what that is, everyone has their own personal breakdown before breakthrough, that confusion before clarity, that storm before the rainbow epiphany before you actually seek your passion. You only seek your passion because you're unhappy in something else, right? So the point for me uh, came as a result of life just getting on top of me. I built something that I was... even though I love the end product of personal training, I became a franchisor and I became too much of a lawyer, too much of an accountant. I know that stuff's you know, critical to success and understanding it, but there was some also quite 
I say cancerous people that that became part of our network. But I'm not blaming them. That's victim mindset. I let them in. I, I let them run run on the rope for you know let them go too far, and as a result, it became a really big issue within the business. So there's a lot of legal blues going on. There was other things happening in my life. It was kind of like, uh, you know, a bit of a downward spiral for me. And I, I slipped into a, a bout of, albeit mild, depression as a result. Love the in-product of personal training, but I was just falling out of love of the business model that I created. And it was around that time that, that I got this tattoo that says, if it is to be, it is up to me. So I'm showing my tattoo right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to take responsibility, take ownership, be accountable to myself. But instead of going on heavy sort of antidepressants, which is kind of like a Band-Aid effect, I forced myself to really invest in going to personal development events, going to seminars, learning about psychology, learning about the Akagi principle, learning about the law of attraction, positive psychology, NLP, life coaching, and this sort of stuff. So that soup of personal development is really what I got into. But at the start, I had to really force myself to to go because when you're going through depression, um, it's the last thing you want to do is beat around other people and then get into that comparisonitis, which is what we all suffer. So I worked through some stuff. You know, I've walked it on, I've walked on fire, I've hugged it out and high fived it with strangers. I've, I've I've you know broken the arrows, bent the bars, all that personal development stuff. Really worked through some stuff though got to the core issue and and it was about a year, year and a half into that kind of phase that a friend of mine said, Trav, why don't you teach this stuff? You know, and, and just by him saying that um, helped me compartmentalise what I was going through, that I was, I was I'm really grateful for my health and, and there was a thing that, you know, an incident that really happened as well that helped me really turn that up a notch and it was when I was in one of these, I think it was an NLP training, of, um, I partnered up with this lady by the name of Deb and uh, she told her story, I told mine, why we were there in the first place. So I told mine first and I said, that's me. And Deb said, thanks a lot for, for, for sharing, Trove. It was great. We hugged it out and I said, what about you, Deb? And she said, you know, I'm 45 or whatever she was and I've just, I've, I've uh, just had a hysterectomy and now I'm cleared of cancer and I really wanted to have kids and I'm quite lonely. And I just went, dude. And, and really, it gets me emotional thinking about that time. And, and I just had this overwhelming sense of gratitude, you know, overwhelming. Do, like I, I go to I, I, and my, my thing was I, I was led to believe that if I was to be a good presenter, a good, you know, speaker out there or a good coach even, I'd have to have gone through some rougher stuff to earn my stripes to be able to teach this stuff. You know, what, what have I got to do, cut off a leg or what have I got to do, sleep under a bridge or what have I got to do, go through, a, you know, abuse, go through a, a really bad drug problem to, to qualify as a personal development speaker? No, I became, a, a, I became instantly grateful. I've got excellent health. You know, I, I'm, I'm, overall I'm pretty happy. I'm not lonely, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what, how dare I play small? How dare I don't go as big as I possibly can, you know, and, and go out there and be, be a be a speaker, you know, help help go one to many, coach one to many from the stage. So it was Nick saying, "Why don't you teach this stuff?" It was Deb, and and a lot of other factors sort of led me to then put on a talk, 
I put on a public tour. I nearly had to pay the 40 people to come to that tour, by the way. I was so freaking scared. And it was about half, and I packaged in everything I learned, my entrepreneurial stuff as well. About halfway through the talk, I uh, told everyone in the room that I'd had a list to do before I die, actually written down since I was 18. And not, not, no one knew this about me. I said, who else in this room has got a list actually written down, you know, to do before they die? And I, I quickly realised I was the only freak in the room. So I said, well, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you want to... Why do you work? Why do you want to earn more money? What, you know, what's, your, what's your reason for getting out of bed? Oh, I don't know. Pay off the house, put the kids through school, do a bit of travel when I'm older. Yeah, and possibly sicker. So it really inspired some of my stories of why I made decisions quick in business, why I got off my ass really quick, you know, da, da, da. And right at the end of it, Joe, one of the participants there, said, hey, Trove, how's all this list to do before you die stuff? And this was 10 years ago. It's, it's really inspired everyone. It's like a bucket list. I mean, you're, you're like the bucket list guy. I went, ping, light bulb moment. And that night I went home and registered the bucketlistguy.com and uh, I defranchised my whole, the whole personal training business. And, and I read the Tim Ferriss four hour work week at that time as well. I'm like, you know what, going on, you know, and back in those days, going online was, was uh, quite foreign to do offline of bricks and mortar businesses, traditional bricks and mortar business to go online and run everything from a hammock in Thailand like Tim sounded, sounded pretty cool. So defranchise the whole thing that took me a few years to do. Uh, sold off those businesses, got them to reach out, you know, uh, rebrand themselves. Some of them are still going today, which I'm really stoked about. And then went online with the bucket list guy with the no real, I just felt right. You know, the, the passion was there. It was no one could take it from me, really reflected who I am as how I could live congruently. Um, and then, and here I am today, 10 years later. Well, well, that's great. And I'm going to unpack a number of things you've said there, but I'm going to start off by saying kind of the purpose when I came up with Passion Struck was not necessarily teaching people how to find their passion. I think a ton of people are out there discussing that. It's more, how do you live a passion-struck life? And when I started coming up with this name, um, similar to you, I had a mentor. Um, his name is Keith Crotch. He was the C recent, most recently CEO of DocuSign, currently the Assistant Secretary of State um, here in the United States. And you know, we were talking and I was telling him, you know, I've I had been doing all this research and I had worked with, you know, some really high achievers throughout my career. And I said, I keep seeing something that separates people like you, people like Tim Ferriss, Mark Benioff, Oprah Winfrey, whoever you want to say it is. Happy um, to be mentioned in that sentence. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> from, from the rest of the pack. And I'm like, it's, it's, they are so consumed by a problem or an issue, you know, if you look at like Gandhi, the issue of, you know, anti, you know, mm. color racism, yeah. or if you look yeah. at uh, someone like Abraham Lincoln going after mm. the anti-slavery movement, mm. that they become tunnel focused on it and they're willing to give up everything else in its pursuit. But then it's beyond that. It's they, it may be their core being, but they're doing other things around it, you know, where like Tim Ferriss's living on islands, mm. kind of like Tony Robbins, they're living mm. this bigger life around it. And it becomes less about working hard than it becomes more about living their life, not only in pursuit of it, but all around it. And so 
you know, when you reached out to me, that's one of the things that caught my eye about the bucket list concept, because being passion struck is really in some ways about unpacking your bucket list. So, yeah, I think so. I, I think um, living congruently to your values as a human being is the holy grail. You know, for for a lot of people, because you look at in America, right? So eighty to ninety percent of people are what they call disengaged at work. Like it's a frightening statistic, and and the highest in the in the world, right? So there's like let's say eighty percent. I think it's like seventy nine, eighty nine percent, or something like that. Let's say eighty eighty percent of people go to work every single day in America and don't like what they do. They're not into it. You know, they're just getting the paycheck coming home. And that's really sad. There's a lot of people, they're all waiting for some day. They don't call someday-itists, waiting for the 401k to kick in, retirement to kick in. So they're sacrificing their happiness for a majority of their life to enjoy later. And my whole thing is, you know, that, that day may never come. What sort of a life is that? You know, they, yeah. they, you know you've, heard of, you've heard of the guy or the girl who have retired, who have maybe exited their business, maybe sold off their business, and retired and had one or two, three, maybe 10 at best good years and then gone. So they've sacrificed a good portion of their life to just have a handful of years. That is so sad to me. You know, I want people to be happier now because look at the statistics. Apart from the, the engagement statistic at work, depression, anxiety, these things that have affected me, suicides, use suicides, the overprescription of antidepressants. And we've even got this thing now, John, called the loneliness epidemic, which is the adverse effect of social media. And so these statistics are climbing. You go throw COVID in on top of that, dude, you've got a perfect yeah. storm of mental health. So really what my whole passion is my mission is, is to get these personal development tools, you know, that I know work because I've got 10 year, a 10-year history of, of, of it being a tangible thing that people can grab and use in their life and have a happier life, have a more fulfilled, more meaningful, more purposeful life. I've just put, you know, it's kind of really what I teach is, per, is, is positive psychology. But I've just put this brand of bucket list over the top of it to make it more fun, more tangible. And so at the end of the day, this 10-year history of helping people do, do this has led me to go, you know what, let's have a crazy goal of trying to change the narrative, you know, trying to help as many people as I possibly can, this is my passion, and reverse some of these statistics. I mean, why not? Instead of going to the cure Let's get on to the prevention side. Well, I, you know, instead of drugs, instead of drugs helping people through depression, let's give them some personal development tools. So it's not, and it's not, you know, not met with skepticism, not not weird, not cult like ish. Put them in the hands of people so they can use it and, and live a happier life. Not wait until later on, or not wait until they get given a use by date, which is what the whole bucket list movie was about about two guys who get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list, which is absolutely stupid. So crap movie, uh, and I've based my whole career on it, <laughs> but I want to wake people up now before they get given a use-by date, give them some tools now before they get given a use-by date, not just for them but for their kids as well. Yeah, so I happened to be listening to a podcast uh, earlier this week. It had David Goggins on it, who I'm sure if you know the, who those other people are, you know who he is. And he yeah. has this famous philosophy that he's known for that he thinks people are living only 40% of their potential. 
And my statistics and my research draws a much closer correlation to what you're saying. And I believe the number is drastically less. And that's why I say people I'm trying to reach are the broken, battered, bored. I call them life's underdogs because you know, not, they're not really living the life that they're meant to be living. And, you know, similar to you, I kind of came from experience because I was doing it myself. I was stuck in this corporate job for so many years where after a while, I just dreaded every day of going in because burnt out, I wasn't spending my time doing anything that truly excited me. And the politics Mm. were just becoming worse and worse the more senior I got. But you just get completely burned out. So, you know, I, the reason I brought you on the podcast or one of them, I love the story, but you and I share the same mission and it's to influence millions around the world to live a passion struck life or to live out their bucket list. Yeah. So, yeah. so one of the things um, I did want to ask you about is when I was listening to your TED talk, um, one of the things you talked about was creating a reverse bucket list. And I was wondering if you could unpack that a little bit. Yeah, reverse bucket list, because you ask most people, you know, that TED Talk I did in front of 2,000 people, that was on my bucket list. As you saw, I ticked it off live in front of the crowd. And the concept of the reverse bucket list is because when I go and ask a crowd of, say, 2,000, 5,000, 10 people, I can guarantee that most people haven't even written down a bucket list. So I asked that 10,000, you know, I asked that 2,000 people at that TED Talk, who has got a bucket list here? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Who's got one written down? Like out of their head, actually written down. Yeah. Some are like, yes. Another, you know, portion are like, yeah. I go, the people that have got their hand like that, you haven't really got it written down, have you? You're just doing it to show off, uh, to show off to your mate, aren't you? Yeah. All right, put your hand down if you actually haven't written it down. So about 10% of the audience have actually written down Actually, less in that audience, they were pretty advanced, so about 10%. But normally, it's hardly any. So, why do we write it down? Well, at the moment, your your bucket list is up there with your daily to do list. And guess which one gets done first? Your daily to do list that takes priority, and and just life gets in the way, and that's what you focus on. You know, most of your bandwidth is on your uh, your daily to do list until something dramatic or traumatic happens to you or a loved one, and suddenly. Your pro, your, your, just like the movie, your bucket list becomes important. It's like, nah, fail too late. We create a reverse bucket list for people to uh, help them build a done list. And it's a done, all the stuff that you've done in your life. So, John, if I sat you down now and, and said, all right, what have you done in your life as if it were in a bucket list all the way along? And I want you to write that stuff down. I remember, this is a big gratitude exercise. This is, a, you know, positive psychology. One of the pillars of positive psych is right. gratitude, right? So if we remember everything that we've done in our life as if it weren't a bucket list, it puts people automatically into a happy place, into a grateful place, into a place of, of, of thanks and into a place of like, you know what? If I've done some pretty cool stuff and it automatically makes people happy, even if they're really sad. But it takes actually some real thinking and some time out of your life to work on your life to really think about because we live in such a world where we're focused on the future, we're focused on the next goal, and we forget about what we've actually done until we pause and reflect back on the timeline of our life. And people are like, hey, if I actually put some thought into this, 
and I was intentional about the forward design of this thing, I could move mountains because by default, I've kind of done all this stuff already. But what if I actually put some thought into designing? So a lot of us are living by default, not by design. They're existing and not living. So helping people take time out to reflect is a big gratitude exercise. And what I call reverse bucket list. So really, when you cross something off your bucket list, it goes onto your reverse bucket list. Keep adding, keep subtracting, and uh, find a really cool vehicle that, whether a business or job or career, that spits out the uh, the two resources that it should if optimised, and that is uh, cash flow and time flow, to allow you to do your future and reverse bucket list. And that's Travis' meaning of life right there. Um, and pick something that, that you're passionate about. Pick something that doesn't do your head in on a day-to-day basis that produces the cash flow and the time flow. And I think that's the holy grail, right? Yeah, you love what you do and it's producing what it needs to produce and allows you to, you to do your bucket list I think that's that's where it's at. So reverse bucket list is your done list and your future bucket list is obviously your future bucket list. But that's what everyone concentrates on. And, and, and people don't even write down their future bucket list because it creates even more pressure. But we start with the, with the reverse and that gives people hope. Did you know that Forbes magazine recently cited that 70% of individuals who do personal development, masterminds and one-on-one coaching benefited from better work performance, increased communication skills, and overall better relationships. And we at PassionStruck are obsessed with self-development, coaching, and mentorship. That is why we've created a free resource to help you unlock your hidden potential. Because people doing great things in business and life are just like you, only they've had a coach along the way. And we've got that covered too. Let us show you the systems and frameworks that we teach growth-minded individuals to help them step into their sharp edges, execute on their passion journeys, and get predictable results time and time again. Go to passionstruck.com coaching right now, and let's get igniting. I have this uh, chapter in my book called The Bee and Turtle Effect. And one of the things, you call it a bucket list, I call it a personal contract with yourself. They're they're basically the same exact thing, right? Um, and I t- and I tell people to come up with a personal mm. contract, write it down. You know these life goals that you have, these aspirations, mm. kind of highlight it somewhere. You could even laminate it, but then you've got to work backwards. So the being turtle effect is you take both aspects of a turtle who's very slow going, but looking at the long-term goal with the bee who's there doing something every single day, working on whatever they need to work on, Mm. you know, in benefit of the hive or, or what the queen is asking, but it's mastering Mm. both of them because if you create that bucket list and it's got, let's say you put 25 items on it and you don't start prioritizing them, you're never going to get them done. So what is, your guidance when you are working with a client or or you're speaking to an audience like you are right now about one, how do you go about creating that bucket list? And then two, what's your advice on tackling the items on it? And and those that are watching, you'll get this. And and John, can you just describe what you're looking at on the pitch on the screen here? What is that? It's one of those old pop-up pens that you have that has black, red, green, so what, um, what, or, or, or what's, what's this? 
pencil. Right. So we've got a pen and a pencil. I know it's a crazy analog suggestion here, but it, it, it's it, these things. And what do they do, John? I'm being facetious here. What do they do? They allow you to write down thoughts. Oh my god! So, uh, <laughs> and, and what's this stuff here? Get ready to supercharge your hiring experience with Indeed, our fantastic partner. We at PassionStruck are all about seeking smarter, more efficient ways to do things, and Indeed perfectly aligns with this philosophy when it comes to hiring. It's more than just a job site. It's a comprehensive platform that revolutionizes the way you find the perfect candidates. With its powerful matching engine and over 350 million global monthly visitors, Indeed streamlines the hiring process, bringing top talent straight to you. No more sifting through endless unqualified resumes. Indeed does the heavy lifting just for you. And what I love about Indeed is its ability to centralize all your hiring activities from scheduling interviews and screening applicants to messaging candidates. It's all in one place. During my career, I've hired thousands of employees and I only wish I had Indeed's efficiency and speed back then. And here's a fact that absolutely blows my mind. 93% of employers According to a recent survey, saying Indeed delivers the best quality matches over other job sites. That's quality and speed hand in hand. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash PassionStruck. Just go to Indeed.com slash PassionStruck right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash PassionStruck. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know all those discount codes are difficult to remember, so we put them all at passionstruck.com slash deals. Now, back to Passionstruck. Paper. All right. So, guys, what's, see, what's easy to do is easy not to do, right? Most people don't even write down goals. What is it, 63? If, if you actually write down, you actually write stuff down, goals, let alone bucket list items, you got a way higher, like 63, 64% chance of them actually coming to fruition. So you're nearly halfway there if you actually just write stuff down. A lot of people just don't. A lot of people don't even use diaries. They don't even you know, write down their goals, you know. And so, again, what's easy to do is easy not to do. Why write a bucket list? I don't know what I want to do. Well, yeah, but, again, it's in the soup of all your daily to-do list items. And, again, which one gets done first? So I challenge people to do the simplest of things. And that is obviously, you know, obviously be remiss of me not to promote the book. It's more of a guidebook. I, I did the TED Talk around the My Bucket List Blueprint. It's a 12-letter acronym for, to help you unpack, to help you go north, south, east, west in your own brain and help you extract and articulate a personally meaningful and holistic list. And, and a lot of people think of that as travel. Well, travel is just one of the 12 steps it's a 12-step program. Sounds like AA. But, um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it helps, it helps people really go holistic with their bucket list. It's way more than you think. And so once you put pen to paper or pencil to paper and write this stuff down, that is in itself a consciousness exercise. That is about making it more real. And there's, and there's research that suggests this, if you actually write stuff down, pen on paper versus typing it into your phone or typing it into a document, it's actually got more conscious, it's more of a conscious effort to actually write stuff down. You have to think about it more. But in the process of actually writing stuff down, you're basically typing into your own Google machine, which is that, you know, that piece of real estate between your ears. 
but you're not, you know, if you're not writing stuff down, you're not punching anything into Google. So how, how, how is it going to search? How is it going to distort, generalise? How is it going to filter the information in your world with so much coming at you if you don't type something into your search engine? That's what you've got to do. That's what writing down does, okay? So let's write a bucket list. Um, better yet, John, and all your listeners and watchers, send me your bucket list. I challenge you to send me your bucket list, all right? That's, this is the accountability piece, all right? Just email it to me, trav at thebucketlistguy.com. Even watch the TED Talk, buy a book, I don't care, but just send me your bucket list. Use the categories as your guide. Go nuts. There's no judgment. I've been sent some weird shit. I tell you <laughs> what people want to do. I've stolen some of those ideas, but no judgment, no comparison, no trying to keep up with the Joneses, no wondering whether this is right or wrong. It doesn't matter. It's just you against you. Um, and weird things, when you start, when you send it over to me, because I'm actually writing my first, my second book, which is the My Bucket List Blueprint in Action. So I'm on the hunt for 365 bucket lists right now across the world from different people. So send it to me and then have a look at your bucket list and do the easiest thing that you possibly can on it. All right, action it. Like literally the easiest thing requires probably no money, no time, just attention. So go do it and go do it the next one and create what I call a bucket list snowball effect because it really will give you the momentum and motivation to smash through the bigger ones and tap into, you know, the motivation level, the inspiration level. Grade each one out of 10, 10 being I really want to do this before I die and one is, you know what, I don't really care. But me wow. going to Mount Everest, me going to Mount Everest base camp and doing an Ironman on my bucket list was right up there. Those are the top two things that I wanted to do before I die on my original to-do before I die list that I wrote down when I was 18. And I was, you know, move, I'd move heaven and hell. I'd move, you know, do anything to make that happen. So I did, you know, and it doesn't mean anything to anyone else. It's not about comparing mine against yours or mine's right. bigger than yours and your crap like that. So, so don't worry. But I bet it's really about the why. It's about the why attached to each of those bucket list items. And, and if the why makes you cry, if the why has a lot of emotion, you'll find a way of making it happen. Don't worry about the how just yet. When you're writing stuff down, don't worry about the how. Just worry about the what and the why. Don't worry about the how. The universe, if you want something bad enough, the universe will provide. It'll show you the way. Well, that's great. Well, what you're describing is something that I call action stacking, because I believe in this pursuit of the contract or the bucket list, you start taking actions and you, you start stacking them. And as you stack more and more, you gain more and mo more momentum because yeah, when you start this, it could be like your car breaks down, you're on the side of the road. Imagine you don't have a telephone like we do today that you can call someone and you got two options. Either you can be the victim and you can wait for someone to come and try to help you. And you have mm. no idea when they're going to come or not, or you can start mm. pushing the car or mm. walking and trying to find help. And if yeah. you start pushing it, it may be very difficult at first, but I guarantee you over time, you're going to get, you're going to get momentum. It's going to get yep. easier. And eventually you're going to hit a downhill path, yep. which is exactly kind of what you're talking about. And what you're saying has tied into the last three solo episodes I've done. You're going to love them. One is on the I don't have time syndrome. 
because we don't make time for what's most important to us. We end up spending our time on what's urgent instead of what's important. I did the one before that on the law of attraction and why it works and how when you put the right things out in the universe, they're going to come back to you. And then the other one that I did was on living a pinball life, which so many people today are doing. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, instead Mm -hmm. of, playing the game of pinball, you let it play you. And that's what your yeah, bucket list is all, is all about. So since you've started this new stage of life, how has your life been different? Like what has changed for you? Because it's one of my favorite questions to ask. You know, you had this very successful career before and obviously, well, yeah. So how, is, how are things different now? Depends on how you define success as well. Like, like uh, you know, in the last few years of, of doing personal training, I wasn't happy. So I wouldn't say I was as successful at all. Sure, there might have been more dollars in the bank or, or whatever, but at the end of the day, if you're not happy, I don't think, you know, you're not successful. Right now, it's all about lifestyle design. I mean, I'm also the founder CEO of Certified Bucket List Coaches. So, you know, three years ago, a business partner approached me and said, oh, have you thought about allowing other people to teach you stuff? I went... No, nah, this is all mine. You know, this is what makes me different. Da, 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 da. This is me, 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 me. So, all right, well, I think you can really scale this out. So long story short, now we've got certified bucket list coaches in 22 countries around the world teaching my stuff, which is pretty cool. So yeah, you're, franchising, you're taking the franchise of the personal trainer well, and now I'm you're franchising it. it out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that being said... It's all remote. You know, I've got a remote work team that lives, you know, in different parts around the world. It's all online. No one actually is directly employed for, the, you know, for the head office. I get to run everything from home, my family, and I get to design my day how I want to. And we use tech. But this is all set up pre-COVID. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I've designed my life around, around my business. Um, I've designed, or designed my business around my life. I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around. So really living congruently to this work-to-live principle and what I call work-life blend, not work-life balance. So, you know, now life is, life is a lot more congruent. Life, life is uh, easier, that's for sure. And, yeah, to be honest, I, I go with more gut and more intuition than I, than I did ego back in the day. So, but still learning, still a muscle that I'm, I'm not going to say I've got it completely sussed, but still certainly I, um, the tools and everything allows, or the, you know, the tech allows you to really design the life that you want to design. You know, and this was what, again, what Tim Ferriss was talking about all those years ago. Well, look at him now. He's just checked out completely for the next month or six weeks. No email, yeah. no, can't reach him anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so if the listeners out there were curious, was there a relationship or a person that you think helped you more than others? Because one of, you know, or that really got you to take this new path that you're going on, because I, I believe so many people say they want to coach or say they want to mentor, but few really lean into it. And for me, it's been one of the biggest difference makers in my life. What is the single most important relationship to you in helping you get to where you are today? I think the relationship with myself. You know, at the end of the day, if I'm not, again, living to my values and and I'm living someone else's life, their design versus my own, I think that's what it's all about. And I think that's a rarity, you know, like like even even in business, 
I think we can design businesses like I did. You know, I designed, I, what do they say, uh, my ladder of success was up the wrong wall. Well, it wasn't up the wrong wall, but it was up the wrong wall certainly for the last, you know, maybe a few years of doing it. But I built the bloody thing. <laughs> so I, no one, I built the ladder and I put it up the right, I put it up that wall myself. So I, I think the biggest realization is is working yourself out, working your your own psychology. So, and your business is always going to be a reflection of of the owner's psychology. So I'm always learning to work on myself. You know something, John, that that um, I'm I'm doing at the moment, it, which is on my bucket list, which is an ultimate challenge on my bucket list, is is reading 52 books in a year. Mind you, they've started out at like war and peace, you know, really small type and and they'll probably end up at like Mr. Men books but the <laughs> or one-page e-books. Um, but the point is the ripple effect that that's had into my life, these challenges and have been absolutely awesome. So, But I did that for a growth challenge. You know, sure, we've got Ironmans, we've got Mount Everest, we've got all these other things, but... But doing an intellectual challenge like that, and and that'll be one to stay. You know, I literally woke up at four thirty this morning, read a couple of chapters, and I'm just going through books. This is literally all the books that I've read right here, all the books that I've read since I started that challenge. With the latest one being the one thing I'm always living my bucket list in some form or another. I'm doing five things on my bucket list at the moment, and so. It, that stuff pulls me out of bed in the morning. I don't have to motivate myself. And this is what I encourage everyone who's listening and watching to this. This stuff pulls you out of bed in the morning. It makes you want to go to work and it makes you want to optimise your business. It makes you, it helps you make decisions quick, you know, and rather than just sit on the fence. It helps you take responsibility. It helps you take ownership over your life. But if you think that this whole concept is just about ticking cool stuff off your list, it's not. Really what it's about, John, is about how we reverse engineer every aspect of our life in order to make our, make this stuff come to fruition. It's really about the growth of us on this, on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But most importantly, it's about the person that exists on the other side, and that's the person that we don't know yet. It's all about the person that exists on the other side of your bucket list tick. That's, the, that's, our, that's called our potential. Right? And when, as human beings, if we experience more of our own potential, it puts a smile on our face, makes us happier, more fulfilled, and that's what it's all about. And that hopefully can reverse some of these statistics that I'm angry about. Well, that makes two of us. And I think we're both motivated to try to help and serve all those who are listening to this podcast get out of that rut and serve yourself. You know, like it's not about all, it's not just about all other people. You know, like one of the most common things that myself and my coaches get told is, thank you for giving me permission to dream it, dream again. Thank you for giving me permission to be self-serving again, especially to mums, because we're always in sacrifice, you know, always helping other people. And I get that. That's all part of it. But, but take the power back yourself. Lead by example. Yeah. You know, one of the best bits of advice I ever got was um, a career mentor I was going to. And um, I was probably at the highlight of my professional career, um, was CEO of a software company at the time. Mm. And he kind of stopped me dead in my tracks. And he said, uh, you know, your life is going well, or you think it is, but you're living it on a stool that has one support. 
<laughs> he goes, everything is in that foundation. And if something happens, that sucker is going to fall over and you've got mm. nothing else to, to pick mm. it up. Mm. And he goes, you really need to start thinking about your life as is in a school that has multiple supports. And those supports mm. can be different things. One could be your career. One could be wellness. One could be a travel excursion. Another one could be that. And he's like, yeah. if you start thinking about it like that, and he wasn't talking monetary. He was talking about those things that make you feel whole inside. Um, yep. It could be a, a charity you work for. He goes, you've got to start embracing your life like that because you keep going down the route that you're going and it's so singularly focused. And he was so right. And so since I've changed that approach, you know, I have become so much happier in how I live life and in what it has the universe is now brought back because of that. Because through that journey, I, I really started serving others. Whereas before, you know, similar to what you were saying, I think I was stuck on my own ego, my own showmanship um, versus doing things that really benefit others and putting, you know, that aspect of my life, um, not as not, not at the primary point that it was. With all that said, um, you have unpacked a ton of great knowledge tonight. If a listener wants to get a hold of you, you've given it a couple of times. I'll put it in the show notes for sure. What are some of the easiest ways that they can connect with you? Oh, look, that's easy. Uh, go to the bucketlistguy.com. That is me. They want to check out bucket list, uh, being a bucket list coach, maybe bucketlistcoach.com. Have a look at that. Instagram is bucketlistguy.travbell. And yeah, I think you know, Facebook and LinkedIn is Travel the Bucket List Guy. They'll, they'll find me. Just put in the Bucket List Guy. Hopefully, I'll pop up on Google somewhere. And, uh, you know, send me a direct message. You know, I want to, I want to. you know, both John and myself, we share that, you know, like what really, we don't do this for ourselves. We do this, you know, to help others. So from this message, from this, you know, gathering of messages, we want to see what you've done, how, how, you, how it's inspired action, not just giving you more ideas to put on you know, put on your plate, but what have you done as a result? And I encourage everyone to take action. Like I said before, get a book, sure. Bucketlistguy.com forward slash book. You can get one of those or get it from Amazon. But more importantly, get your pen out and just hack into it. Abuse it. Write in it. Use it as a guide. Doggy the thing and make sure that you send us your bucket list. That's what we really want to support you in. Yeah, and I could have said it any better. Our mantra for the show is you got to make a choice. You got to work hard, which means you got to take action and you got to do something every day that scares you step into those sharp edges. So that's yeah. great. And I'm going to end the show like I always do with a rapid round of questions for you. And I'll give you a, a layup to start out with. What has been your favorite bucket list item that you've completed thus far? Uh, right. I thought it was a layup. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I've done like 300. Uh, look, I could easily say, oh, I'll publish a book. But um, probably going to one of the big ones, the morning of my 40th birthday, I was um, I was there with my dad and I took 10 bucket listers uh, to Machu Picchu on the morning of my 40th birthday, which is pretty cool. That's the one that... I don't know. I saw a picture of it before, so I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I could say Everest. I could say, you know, last uh, two years ago, my partner Tracy and I, you know, went to the Coliseum. I really, really, really wanted to see 
the Statue of David, and we got to see the Statue of David in Florence, Sistine Chapel, you know, these sorts of things, um, walking the Cinque Terre with trays, you know, heaps of, heaps of, there's so many different things. I could say Iron Man, I could say, you know, but I'm not going to say uh, skydiving, they're all, you know, part and parcel. But it's the things that involve other people that are, that are more meaningful to me these days. It's less about me, it's more about we now. So what is the most important item left on your bucket list? That you want to achieve you know we've got a i've got a big one and it's leave a legacy in the leave a legacy category and that is with bucket list coach you know i want i want that to be an absolute game changer you know our mission is to affect the lives of 10 10 million people to live purposely fulfilled lives or to ticket before they kick it hashtag ticket before they kick it um, yeah, i saw that so I can't do that alone. That requires a lot of work um, that we're moving, you know, certainly moving into right now and, and helping people. You know, we've got bucket list coaches in, in countries where if you actually translate the word bucket list, it makes no freaking sense at all, but they still get it. So when you start helping, you know, we do school programs called BL4K, Bucket List for Kids. So we're getting this stuff out to, uh, out to school kids, to, to teenagers. We're helping people, you know, we're helping people around the world in different countries in different languages. And that's, a, that's probably the big one that requires the most work. And that's the legacy play. Uh, that I want to, you know, want to maybe, you know, who knows, grow it, exit it later on and to help it thrive, who knows. But at the end of the day, that's something I want to be really proud of. Okay. That I am already proud of, but want to just blow it right up. So one of the questions I always like to ask is if there was a person living still or dead that you've never met that you could, who would it be and why? Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, simple. Uh, and I, I would take my two boys along with me because they love Elon Musk as well. Um, I, I just think the way that guy thinks is absolutely phenomenal, and, and I won't be the first person to say that. And I, I think you know, just give him the. I reckon just give Elon the keys to the world and let him let, let him run it. <laughs> We'd probably be in a better place with less uh, wow. bureaucracy. Depends on who you speak to, though, don't it? But I think uh, I'd love to meet Elon Musk. I've met some pretty cool people. Had lunch with Tim Ferriss when he came to Australia. He, you know, meeting Tim Ferriss was great. And uh, I would have loved to uh, met Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I would have. Oh, God, who else? There's still a lot of people I want to meet. They're still alive. Yeah, we're getting there. Me as, me as well. Well, I brought up uh, the Bean Turtle effect. That whole chapter um, is all about Elon Musk. Um, and some of the times I've actually uh, met him or seen him speak, but he has perfected the being turtle effect. And you just look at SpaceX and yeah. what has allowed him to get to where he's going faster than anyone else is when they actually came out with the contracts for commercial space flight, they actually allowed you to either bid on the man capsule or you could bid on kind of the storage capsule going up or both. And he was the only one who had the foresight to do both because he started off a little bit slower, but now look how much he's jumped ahead of everyone else because he's designed something yeah. that can do both. Yeah. So if someone was going to come to Australia, what would be the one thing you told them they have to do or have to see? Three days ago, we can't do it here in Victoria, but three days ago, 
uh, my kids and I were in Queensland and uh, they, they held a koala, a koala bear. I think that's, that's the American rite of passage as well. Uh, I think, you know, that's, uh, those, those, those koalas have hugged a lot of Americans over the years. We sort of take them for granted to a certain extent here in Australia. Not that they're running around the streets and around their houses or anything like that, but, uh, you know, for the kids, for the kids to, uh, to, to effectively cross that off their bucket list or experience that um, was pretty cool and, and I recommend that to definitely people coming or to uh, go surfing at one of the famous beaches, learn to surf. That's what we do here. We, we surf and hug koalas. <laughs> so what about those tiny microscopic uh, jellyfish that you guys have? Yeah, we don't, um, we don't mess with them. I remember being at Manly in uh, Manly Beach in Sydney and there were these nets everywhere and I thought they were for sharks. And uh, my buddy who was a surfer said, no, they're actually for the jellyfish. And yeah, as a side are, product. Those are, those are pretty... Yeah, full on. But they're in northern they're in northern Australia. You actually can't swim in northern 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 Australia because of the jellyfish at certain times of the year. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show. This was absolutely a superb episode, and I know the listeners got so much value. Well, I can't wait to follow up with you and hear more about this journey you're doing. That's so important, and I hope your inspiration touches the ten million you wanted to. Yeah, well, we've got one life. We've got to give it a crack, don't we? Yeah, that we do. Well, thank you again. Thanks heaps, John. See you, everyone. What an awesome interview that was with Trav Bell. And I learned so much from him. And it was uncanny how much his mission and what we're trying to do with Passion Struck, although we use different terms, are so much in common with serving you, our listeners, or our watchers, and helping you unlock passion-driven life through the creation of your own bucket list, those dreams, those aspirations that will fulfill your passion in life. And I mentioned a number of different episodes that we had done during this interview, and I'm going to just recap them for you. There's Victoria Humphreys, a polar explorer, who is doing her bucket list challenge of 50 at 50. And you are so going to want to download that interview and take it in. She is a remarkable woman. There is also astronaut Chris Cassidy, who I interviewed, where he talks about his adventures from being at the Naval Academy to becoming a Navy SEAL, to becoming a NASA astronaut, to eventually, along his career, becoming the chief astronaut and going up into space three times. Chris, along with Victoria, accomplished so many on their bucket list, but they both have so many more to go. And that's the important thing here, is taking lessons from each one of these episodes and my personal messages in, in between and learning how to apply them to your own life. And not all of them may apply, but the purpose of this show is to give you content that you can pick and choose from and apply to your own life. And I hope we're doing that for you. And we are well on our way to making passion go viral to millions around the world. I hope you will continue to subscribe to the Passion Star Podcast, where I will bring you high achievers from all around the world in all walks of life that will give their advice on how they become passion struck, and you can too. Thank you as always for watching or listening to the show. And now get on with igniting your own passion journey. Thank you so much for joining us. The purpose of our show is to make passion go viral. And we do that by sharing with you the knowledge and skills that you need to unlock your hidden potential. If you want to hear more, 
please subscribe to the Passion Struck Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. And if you absolutely love this episode, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes and you sharing it with three of your most growth-minded friends so they can post it as well to their social accounts and help us grow our Passion Struck community. If you'd like to learn more about the show and our mission, you can go to passionstruck.com where you can sign up for our, our newsletter, look at our tools, and also download the show notes for today's episode. Additionally, you can listen to us every Tuesday and Friday for even more inspiring content. And remember, make a choice, work hard, and step into your sharp edges. Thank you again for joining us.